Welcome to the Let's Scare My Girlfriend to Death podcast. I'm your co-host, Josh. And I'm your co-host, the girlfriend, Cindy. Hey, welcome back to another episode of Let's Scare My Girlfriend to Death. Uh, wait. You just shattered that opening. And did I what? I you shattered? You shattered it. You just shattered all over that opening. What do you mean? Welcome back to Let's Scare My Girlfriend to Death. Well, I was trying to do two things at once, Josh. <laughs> pauses between all my words. It's my acting style. How dare you? Uh, yeah, so this is week two. Of of October Halloween month, month of the witch. Yeah. Uh, also, the last episode that William Shatner will listen to because he now hates us. <laughs> Great. But he's kind of a dick, so I'm okay with that. So <laughs> he oddly comes through West Virginia often. Really? Yeah, he's a big horse guy. Fuck him. He sucks. Okay. Uh, as a human, he sucks. The only good thing he's ever done, other than Star Trek, was he was the face of Michael Myers, the mask that they ultimately created. Uh, oh, anyway. Okay. We're not Hear talking about, about that, that movie. We're talking about The Love Witch. The Love Witch. Which got a limited release Witch. November 11th, 2016. This movie is unrated. It is exactly two hours long. All right. And the tagline for this beautiful film, and I say beautiful, and I mean it. All right. The tagline is, she loved men to death. Bum, bum, bum. Witch. Yeah, so if you listen to last week's episode where we did almost kill Cindy, thanks to 2016's The Autopsy of Jane Doe, I'm just going to quickly run through yeah. the events of 2016 in case, in case you, you forgot. did not listen to last week's episode. Okay. Or you're like, I just want to hear Josh ramble more. Or, I don't know, whatever you're doing. Okay. Just listen to me talking, slowly stroking it. <laughs> whatever you do, here you go. Quick recap of 2016. 2016 is the year that El Chapo was recaptured. The Zika virus outbreak occurred. Obama visited Cuba. For the, he was the first president to do so since Calvin Coolidge. Uh, Harambe was killed. R.I.P. Big ups to Harambe. Mm-hmm. Dicks out for Harambe. Mm-hmm. The Pulse nightclub shooting. Boo. Yeah. Uh, Pokemon Go was released. Yay, I guess. Um, <laughs> the Nice truck attack. Big boo. Q- uh, the Cubs won the World Series. Yay. Trump wins the presidency. Boo. Jesus Christ, help us. Um, and U.S. troops begin a withdrawal from Afghanistan that has been very slow. Very slow in coming. <laughs> but it's, it's, it, we've been getting there. Okay. Uh, people that died so. that year are David Bowie, Alan Rickman, Vilmos Zygmunt, Harper Lee, uh, Andre Zulowski, uh, Prince China, Muhammad Ali, Gene Wilder, Leonard Cohen, Carrie Fisher, Debbie Reynolds and George Michaels. Nothing's been right since Prince died. I mean, holy fuck. Shut up! Nothing's been right since Prince died. Uh, oh, the new words of that year again were YOLO, oh, yeah. America, and gender fluid. This is kind of a hand in hand with last week's episode. Yeah. Um,. I did not intend to do two movies from 2016. You just wanted to do something a little later. how it fell. I kind of wanted to do something that I think, and this is me guessing, I really think Cindy's going to like this movie. Okay. Um, which is why we're doing it. I said, I think the last, was it Donnie Darko? Mm-hmm. I wanted to do the occasional movie that would reward you for doing this podcast instead of just constantly punishing you with movies that are intended to scare you to death. I appreciate um, that. 
who is in this film, my dear? Well, let's talk about the Love Witch. The Love Witch. So when we talk about the Love Witch, it's impossible to not talk about, are you ready for this? Mm. The film's writer, director, producer, production designer, costume designer, editor, composer, set designer, set decorator, art and art director, Anna Biller. (laughs) Whoa. Yes. Those are her credited titles for this film. This movie is like a fucking, nearly a one-woman show. And she fucking slays it. I'm trying to have it all, babe. This is a one-woman show. Yeah. Um, let me run through those again for you real fast. Okay. So. All, all the hats that Anna, support Anna women. Biller, Anna Biller. Anna Biller. B-I-L-L-E-R. Okay. Writer, director, producer, production designer, costume designer, editor, composer, set designer, set decorator, and art director. Wow. Those are the hats that she wore but on this that movie. also meant that she had total control of what it looked like of this project. It was and hers. And it definitely has a look. Um... This film is gorgeous, and she has stated that the goal of this film and her goal as a filmmaker is to bring female glamour, in quotes, right, Mm -hmm. back to films, and that by providing such beautiful sets and cinematography and props, it gives the viewers more to focus on and draw them into the story in such a way that it doesn't lend them to objectify the female characters on the screen okay that is her stated goal okay so there you go that is her that might affect that what mission. i think this movie's about um <laughs> who does it star samantha robinson is the star she's elaine she's a love witch uh you know her from cam and she was in once upon a time in hollywood where she played abigail folger heiress of the folger fortune okay that was in real life murdered by the manson family that night yikes yeah. Uh, Jeffrey Vincent Paris. Uh, I think I'm saying that right. He plays okay. Wayne. He was... Plays Wayne. Yeah. You're definitely saying that right. He was Asmodeus in Supernatural. I'm sure I know a lot of Supernatural fans. Elvis McComas, our dear, dear yeah. friend, is one. Uh, and he was also Vince on Mad Men. Uh, the only other actors I'm going to throw out from this movie are uh, Gian Keys, plays Griff, and... Laura Waddle. Laura Waddle. W a d d e l l. Ugh, that is a unfortunate last name. This movie. This movie. <laughs> okay. Do uh, I get to see a poster? Yeah, you do. We've reached the part of the podcast where Josh shows me an original poster of the movie, and I try to discern meaning and figure out what this is, what it is I'm about to watch. It's a really pretty poster. All right, let me see. Oh, it kind of looks like. One from, um, like the fifties. It almost like a pulp comic, like or a pulp novel. Yeah. Uh, it, there's a raven-haired beauty with blood on her hands and an amulet of a pentagram on her neck. That was a that was an interesting accent choice you just made. I don't know. I was trying to be, uh, you know, just <laughs> shut up. Anyway, um, I'm trying to do something different here. I've never gotten to use this descriptor. I like saying a, a raven-haired beauty. I've uh, never gotten to say that. That's a good one. Thank and you. apt for this movie. I will also say this movie is lush. Lush. This movie is 
very pretty to look at. Okay. Um, so even if you, listener, are like, this movie's not horror enough for me, or, you know, I want something with more blood, or, uh, first of all, chill. Check yourself, man. Like, calm the fuck down. Like, whatever. Don't get into it. Don't get into an imaginary argument. Anna Biller legitimately, like, pulled this film from her fucking head and forced it down. Okay. Um, And it's just, this is just a pretty movie, so. How can we access this movie? If it was a limited release, is it a limited access as well? Well, here's the deal. We live in COVID 2020. Mm-hmm. Where everything's on the fucking internet now. True. Um, no more like that movie looks awesome. Uh, one day I'll see it in ten years from now when I find a bootleg DVD or Blu-ray. So it's on Shutter. Like so, if you have Shutter, it's on there. You can pull that shit up and watch it right now. Cool. I think it's also on Prime. We'll Don't find out when we ask Alexa. That, but I'm I know for sure it's on Shutter. I know for a fact because I looked earlier. It's on Shutter. Good. So. Somebody better do damn research. Yeah. The only downside to this movie is it's two hours. And it's a little long for a horror film. But okay. I think it earns it, so. All no right. Problem, man. We'll find out. I'm let's excited. Go, let's go watch a really good movie. after last week. That's not going to scare you to death. <laughs> Join us, won't you? Mind the doors. Jerry died, the cops wouldn't stop harassing me. They couldn't prove anything. They actually thought that I killed him. Anyways, San Francisco got to be a really bad trip after you left. And that's when I remembered you had that extra apartment. Hey, hi, I'm Trish. Hi, Trish. Well, what do men want? Just a pretty woman to love. And to take care of them. Love me. Love me. What I'm really interested in is love. You might say I'm addicted to love. You want to take a girl up there now? (laughs) You want some? What is it? I met this great-looking guy, and I used love magic on him. Then he got really weird on me. All these emotions started flowing out of him. Then he got really sick. What is it, Wayne? What is it, baby? What a pussy. What a baby. Wayne. Witchcraft is just a way of concentrating energy. You can only work with what's already there. I just use sex magic to create love magic. <laughs> Sometimes it's almost scary how strong the love gets. And sex magic, of course. I would do anything for love. 
Welcome back from the trippy ride that was The Love Witch. Welcome back from the 1960s circa 2016. Yeah. Yay. Well, yeah, I don't even know if it was the 60s or it was like 71. It was like that weird crossover time. Her eye makeup was phenomenal. I'll give it that. Welcome back. So, Love Witch. This is a movie about a woman who uses the power figures out how to use powers the way that like old witches did but uses it to get love and lovers like she gets off on it but she gets on a got yeah yeah she gets off on men falling in love and dying for her right i don't know if she gets off on them dying because she seems legitimately upset upset when they die yeah but then like there's a few scenes where she's like laying in the bed like orgasming thinking about their deaths and then there's the whole ending is she thinking of their deaths or is she thinking of her time with them at the end it would lead you to believe that she could only like love him if she killed him so he stayed the white knight of like her dreams of like her fantasies fair yeah uh, IMDb says it is a modern day witch using spells and magic to get men to fall in love with her with deadly consequences. Bum bum. That's easy. Much easier synopsis than mine. This was a movie of, uh, there's a lot of pros and cons to this movie. <laughs> yeah, I can make a little list. I would love to hear your pros and cons list for this movie. Okay. Well, I don't really have one, but, uh, okay. So called pro, it. Yeah, you called me on it. The pro was um, the costuming was really well done from the jewelry, uh, the hair, the makeup, like all that was really on point. The set decoration was phenomenal. Again, really on point, really beautiful. I really liked the seamless integration of the 1970s vibe in modern day. I liked that was kind of thrown in there. It was interesting and fun. Con, a lot of old man wieners. A lot of old man wieners. I put that in the pro category. Well, yeah, but that's we're different like that, right? Um, I didn't like... <sighs> Everybody was naked all the time except for her. She wore, like, panties. Everyone else had to be totally naked. I'm like, oh, okay, she gets to be weird. I didn't like... And the strategic hair covering her boobs. Yeah, at all times. It, it's... I get if, as an actress, that you don't want to do those things, but that's what this movie is. <laughs> do you know what I mean? That's like saying that I don't want to be seen with blood on me at like a Freddy Krueger movie, but I want the lead. I feel like that's a choice, though. That wasn't the actress. It was the director. Why would you say that? Because if you remember the from the front half, her whole thing was she wanted to create a movie where it was about sex and sexuality where you couldn't easily objectify it was more burlesque than um so the whole thing was like happy naked time yeah if you think about it all of the most attractive people in this movie are not naked <laughs> right like she her and um, uh, the good looking guy at the end griff yeah him trish her like british friend yeah the witch that she knows that's married to that super weirdo dude you know the the one witch that is the head oh, of the yeah coven. the head right um, the two girls that they 
the mean blonde at the, chicks. Yeah, the two blonde girls like that the neophyte dancing. things. Yeah. Like none of the attractive people in quotes are naked in this movie. The naked people are like older. <laughs> like, right? You like see old a question. Like, yeah. There was a scene with an old man crouching with his dick just out. And I was yep. like, I am in it to win it. When I this was movie. in it to it's like, Good time. So I think that's a choice. That they were like, let's not have like the people that would normally be in naked in the scenes be naked. Make it okay. I yep. It seems mm. like it. I it might so be. So the thing with that is whether you like the choice or not. I feel like that was a choice that okay. was made by the director and not like the actress being like, I'll do this, but I'm not going to be naked. All right, that's fair. So what are some of the thematic elements that we need to talk about this movie? Because there's the overarching thing, right, about, like, feminism and how when a man uses his, the powers that God gave him to move forward, like, he's seen as, oh, brave and tough. But when a girl does, you know, she's a whore and a a harlot and a, well, a witch. I think at one point they even, to go down that path with you, they talk about, like, the world is built on the whole men thing of, like, no, what's the world looking for? It's misogyny? All, it's all, no, no, I mean, it's not misogyny. It's not what I'm, the word I'm looking for. It's all built on, like, you know, like direct thought and direct action. And there's no place for intuition. And when women are intuitive, they're seen as, you know, having, like, an other power that's dangerous, per se. So, yeah. I, I think you kind of hit the nail on the head. I think the witches in this movie especially the main witch right the love witch right is a stand-in for women women in general, yeah right about well she kind of goes through these different relationships about like she getting hit around and called that she's stupid and uh then put on a pedestal and then worshipped and then like eh, kind of well, tossed around there's four okay there's three guys that we see have interactions with her and die and there's the one beforehand so let's walk through each of the four all right let's and and what their relationship to her was like before they died so husband uno right what was his the guy she was married to i do not remember uh, whatever (laughs) barry um but so he we through the course of events through like flashbacks we find out that he was like an alcoholic and he beat her right and he always called her stupid was that it well, the thing I cued in on was he would always be upset that she didn't clean the house and that she didn't stay on top of the chores and that she wanted to have a social life and she wanted okay, to go Okay, see, out. I took that as you, typically that's like an abuser. That's one of the, you know, the things mm-hmm. that they kind of hone in on. So that's how I took that was that, you know, nothing was clean or perfect. And so... Yeah, you just lay around all day and... Right. Like the fact that she wanted to have her own life drove him to suicide. Right. So that's. That was the. That's number one. Okay. Number two is the school teacher who his whole thing is like. Free love. And free love and I'm handsome and I'm very I bring Lord Byron like. I bring women up here and fuck I mean, fuck and I read poetry to them and then I'm done with them. And so the fact that he's so used to one and dunning women. When he meets a woman who's essentially doing that to him, he he can't handle it. Right. And he has a heart attack. Who dies and of a broken he heart. he loves her so much. He loves the one woman that he can't have in that way so much that it kills him. That's what finally does it. 
<laughs> okay. So again, it's like because well, he, he says like to, he does a bunch of. It's a different type of wanting to possess a woman. Correct. Right. Like the the first guy was like, I you, you have to you basically be this domestic servant. You got to clean the fucking house and take care of me while I do my shit. And she didn't do that, and that drove him to dead death. The next um, guy, uh, the professor, was like, Hey, uh, I'm used to just fucking around and doing whatever, and. I'm going to do that to you. And she basically beats him to the punch and is like, I'm fine with it. It's whatever. And he just can't, he can't handle, handle it. handle it. He can't handle Sobbing. getting played the same way he has played probably countless women before. Correct. Right? So the Students, rules are, teenager. when they're fair, they're unfair in his mind to him. Yes. Right? And then the third guy is Trisha's cheating ass husband. Who doesn't have any eyebrows and took me completely out of the movie. <laughs> I just kept staring, being like, where's like his eyebrows? Egg. So it looks like an egg. Very but Neanderthal-like. His whole thing is, he tells her, like, I just want to have, like, an affair. I want to be, like, a young, cool, like, cowboy guy and recapture my youth and have this wild thing before I go. And she's like, okay. And Let's then do that. They do it, and she's like, and I'm done. And he becomes and, obsessed. Yeah, he becomes the dude who's like... Where are you at? I love you. I'm writing you like crazy long letters and stuff. Like right, texting what what would what we would see is like texting twenty four seven. Yeah, what are you doing? Like right no now? chill. Who are you with? What's going on? No chill. Yeah, just super. Like again, he becomes possessive over a different aspect of her. Okay. Right, and then Fair. finally we have Griff. Griff, who is the handsome Kendall. I would say of all of the male characters in this movie, is the most. Well, on par where she grounded. is. You you know more about him mm-hmm. in a way than the other ones. He gets more screen time. He gets a little more um, he, interaction with yeah, other a people. little more FaceTime. And we yeah, but, so we know about thing, him, and his he's kind of a dynamic character. Yeah, he's like the all American. Like I'm a man, and you're a woman, and we're gonna love each other. But he can't handle the fact that she is like a sexual creature. That's his pitfall with her he can't get over the fact that she has slept with other dudes and is that she is yeah that she's so freewheeling with like her witchcraft right i.e her sexuality that that ultimately virgin and yeah like he just stares down his nose at her yeah when she's trying to have like a moment with him after he saves her he does save her from like the mob yeah let's talk for a minute about that mob so they're at the burlesque show or bar or both and they just start screaming kill the witch because they the townspeople tie it in that she's the one who killed the college professor even though the college professor died of natural causes you know, and she just buried him according to her beliefs. They just start yelling, kill the witch, and they attack her. And they're going to kill her. And then there's two guys that, like, are getting ready to take their pants off. Like, they're going to rape her, I guess. Or that's insinuated. And Griff saves her. And that that kind of, then she ends up killing him. So there's that. I mean, it's a mob mentality. It's... <laughs> I, I'm a firm believer in there's no creature on the planet Earth that's smarter than the human being. And there's no group of creatures dumber than a group of human beings. Fair. Right? Yeah, we've been saying that since the mist. It becomes like a fucking mob rule mentality for a moment because one of their own, something has happened to them. And whether it's, it's 
her fault or not or not she, she was has tied a connection to it, to it so mm-hmm. they're going to take it out on her correct right and they do they're going to oh uh, we lost like the witches view the town as oh it's like a nice town we do our shit they do their shit and they're pretty lean they, yeah but the human like the, the, the humans God, like, the what are you okay yeah the non-witches essentially have broken the town into the witches and not the witches right because that's human nature we constantly want to categorize have an us people. versus them mentality and everything so this movie totally fits the arkov method like it was like a blueprint arkov so we start with action i mean at first it's no because we see him die right right away is like him falling down with the poisoned very, it was very much like a game of Clue. You, you know what I'm talking about? That happened right away. Yes? Well, no? I mean, it, it, this movie moves. It, it, I won't say it's like an action-filled romp. It's not like the fucking Terminator was. Well, but it starts off with the action. But it, it brisks through. Revolutionary, yeah. In a few different ways. Um, so everything in the movie is very blatantly from the 70s, right? 60s. 60s. But... They don't make any attempt to kind of hide it. Like, it is modern day. Well, there are modern cars around, and then there's just like a brand new, but it's from the 60s. I think car. The, the revolutionary thing about this movie is um, the director, and we can kind of get into this for a second, Anna Biller is going back to a time when women had a lot more power in movies. Mm-hmm. Not necessarily like behind the scenes, but on camera. Right? Okay. So we are in an age, especially in 2016, right? Where when? there's a huge nostalgia craze, but it's for the 80s. Yeah. Right? And the 60s versus the 80s, 20 years difference. In the 60s, you had a lot of, you know, smoldering women, femme fatales, mm-hmm. having a lot of power over men. Power eyeliner. And then in the <laughs> 80s, which is like Stranger Things, and everything is starting back to, that's the big craze, everyone's loving the 80s, everything's 80s. Yeah. Women essentially were just like, let's get six of them and put them in a building and let a dude murder them. <laughs> right? Yeah. Like the slasher craze. Mm-hmm. And it's just like, all right, so you pull your top off and your tits fall out and then and you, you go and hide behind cut. the wall of chainsaws so it's she's definitely like she's retreading a lot of ground but she's retreading a lot of ground in a revolutionary way from a period that we don't go back to that often i agree that's why um, i thought it was the 70s rather than the 60s because that's yeah. something we don't go to even less well it's weird because like the 70s is like that sweaty kind of Texas Chainsaw Massacre horror, right? The 60s was like the birds in Hitchcock. And this is what's okay. throwing to gotcha. that. To the point where even when she's driving in the car in her it convertible, does look like that. it's rear projection. And you, cameras are small enough now, you could film her just driving. Right. But they chose to do rear projection because it has a specific look. And that's the look they wanted. Like how, and if you're sitting at home and you didn't watch this movie... And you're like, what the fuck is he talking about? Have you ever seen any Alfred Hitchcock movie where a character is driving? <laughs> and you're like, it feels not real. But it is. But it's like, like kind of like a dream of what driving would be like. That's what it looks like. And I think that's what makes this movie so revolutionary. Is the themes and what she's saying about the 
women. Yes, that's in, yeah. I would totally agree with that. In the vehicle of witchcraft, and she's also throwing it back to an era that we don't normally go back to. Usually, the '60s are considered not a time of a film. high point of like Hollywood filmmaking. Fair. So killing, yes. There's, there's killing. There's killing. Oratory, yeah. yes. Um, I don't remember what she says, the way she says it and the way they all kind of say things. Do you have some quotes that you wrote down? Um, this was a quotable movie. I didn't write any quotes down, but I do know that the thing about this movie, the way the dialogue's delivered, is <laughs> she had them all act in a um, presentational acting style. Okay. So you're acting like the audience is right there watching you, and that is a lot of like... You're acting, it's, it's more you're theatrical than theatrical studio. audience. So Fair. there's a lot of times Fair. where she's hamming it up, and it has a specific feel. And it, you liked it. Not, I liked it. It was like I said. It was just. It was a movie of. It's not like pros any and other cons. movie that's being made right now. That is there's very so, true. As much as I feel, this movie isn't necessarily my type of movie. There's so much about it I respect. Mm-hmm. And it's that's a fair. whole thing, and we'll get into that in a second, but. Okay. Fantasy and then fornication. Yes, there's tons of fornication for the Love Witch. Lots of fantasy. A lot of fantasy. A lot of fantasy elements from unicorns to witches, right? Yeah. Okay, so talk to me about the what you, uh, we want to get into is like the message and what, are they, what they're getting at with this movie. Well, I mean, it's just, I think we covered that. The whole idea of it's a, witchcraft being a vehicle for womanhood. Right. And feminism. And anytime she gains any power over a man, suddenly they cannot stand it. Yeah, they like, lose their mind. They lose their mind when she when gets the upper hand. They have lost any bit of power to her. And she's not even necessarily trying to do it. At least to me, it feels like that. Yeah, yeah. I mean, she does have like potions and stuff that she's giving them. Yeah, she's like, you know, I, at the beginning, when she meets Trish, she's like, I just want a man. I just want to love him. Right. And then... That's just the goal. And then she starts doing that, and then it does it to more guys. They can't handle it. And, they're, you know, they either kill themselves or their hearts give out or whatever. They die of a broken heart. But the look of this movie yeah. is what I love. I like the look as well. Um, <laughs> it's... And the production design and the sets. Thank Austin and Powers. costumes and... It was very well done. It was very pretty to look at. Well, I'm sure Anna Biller would be happy to hear that. Well, because she did all of it, right? Um, the sets and costumes and color power, color mm-hmm. palette were intentionally designed to evoke the Technicolor films of the 1960s, 100%. according to her. She, she designed the sets and costumes, uh, she said, to emulate classic Hollywood, and she spent years finding the vintage furniture... Or she made it herself. Nice. That's a love that of big, her craft. That big throw rug, that like pentagram. Oh throw yeah, rug, she, she made, made that, that by hand because um, she couldn't find the one she wanted. Yeah. The same thing with the dresses. She spent she spent years yeah. collecting the dresses, and then she would make her own dresses from period fabric. Like she would buy dresses mm-hmm. that weren't the ones well, she wanted, and she would take them apart, and then refashion them into what she wanted. Because the dresses that she wears in this movie are... They're beautiful. Fucking fabulous. It, I mean, it is the fashion of the time. Um, she spent over a year working... A 365 year. days worth of I know what a year work, is. Yeah. 
designing and making all the Renaissance costumes for that mock wedding scene oh, to her Griff. Not worth it, but okay. Like everything you saw, she, she made, made that by hand by herself. Nice. It was not that's a that was in my con list when we were talking earlier. That's a con list. Would I watch this movie again? Um, not with my mom, not with my kids. This might be a movie for like one of my girls weekends away, like when we get a cabin <laughs> together, you know, it might be something for that. But I don't think this is a movie that I would, I don't know what audience I would watch this again. Full disclosure, with. I've not done drugs in a very long time. But? I would like to get high and watch this movie. <laughs> yeah, it is very right. psychedelic. Uh, the same thing goes for like movies like Mandy, like really colorful movies. Mm-hmm. You want to like eat mushrooms or smoke a bunch and of just find and just out, zone out into them. Yeah, and just kind of live in them. I can um, see that easily. See that. Yeah, like this is a movie that it's weird. It, it's better to just not focus on the plot. <laughs> exactly. Right, and try to Ooh. not focus on the plot, or and just kind of focus on what they're doing with the vehicle inter- that is the movie. their interactions. Yeah, and just live with the characters for a while. Because the plot is lacking. But that that goes hand in hand with the 60s, right? You know, they didn't have the technology to do some of the things. So it kind of looks hackneyed. But well, their messages are still pretty clear. I mean, the Hitchcock stuff, right? Like the birds and Psycho and whatnot. He made those in the 60s. And those were... Well, Psycho was made in 59 or at least in 60. But those had a definite like plot structure right but a, a big theme of a lot of the big technicolor movies movies of the 1960s were we're just going to take these characters and live with them for an x amount of time and that's that was what they the did. big thing you know instead of like a to b to c plot wise it would know, be it was, a we meet this person and then they go to this party and then they do this and then it, you're just kind of like living with the character yeah and that's what this movie is so structurally it would fit with audiences from the 1960s but i think a lot of people now would be like when is the next plot beat happen right like when do we go to the next thing and this movie's not about that it's about living in the experience of the movie Mm -hmm. so this movie's not going to be for everyone what is our uh week next week what are we watching going with our witches month so next week next week week three of the witches week Bible, Why don't we Bible, do another Bible, movie Bible, from 2016? Oh my gosh. Okay. Right? What have you got? So we did The Autopsy of Jane Doe. Correct. 2016. Scared the scared the devil out of me. Right. Right. And we did this movie. 2016. 2016 was the year of witches. Did this movie scare you? Um, no. No. <laughs> it was a romp. So let's let's stay in 2016. Oh no. I think there's something about the year Donald Trump was elected that there was a bunch of witch movies. Um <laughs> I don't know. It just, it feels appropriate. Okay. You know, Hillary on the ballot and she loses to Trump and then they're like, enjoy these witch movies. Um, (laughs) So we're going to do 2016's The Witch. The Witch. The the Witch. That's uh, the poster that I keep thinking is Ricky Lindholm from Garfunkel and Oates. The blonde one. Spoiler alert. I really love that movie. Uh, I also really like this movie. Again, not in a traditional horror sense. But in what sense? But as just a standalone movie. It's an interesting ride. I, I, I feel like I feel like this movie is not a good representation for this podcast. It, it doesn't necessarily... It's not the best example 
for like a scary witch movie. Right. But but it's a movie that I just really like to look at. I think it's really pretty, and I love. Like I don't know how many times I caught myself, and I've never done this with any other movies we've watched for the podcast. What? Where I've been like, oh, I fucking want that wallpaper. Like <laughs> right? Yeah. How many like rooms she walks through? Where I'm like, oh, I fucking love that color scheme. Quarantine has had uh, Josh and Cindy talking about redecorating what we would do different, and yeah, there were a lot of colors and styles that I was like oh yeah that that is pleasing I like that aesthetic yeah like this is definitely a movie that I kind of want to live in I would like to live in this world of just pretty people wearing pretty things living in pretty places there's movies that you watch and you're like so what where did this take place it wasn't San Francisco Eureka California okay why Eureka California I don't know because it's called Eureka it's a small town Uh, they filmed it there for whatever reason okay but that's where it was shot I got lost in I was like yeah in in Southern California wait I don't know is it huh yeah remember they were like we we were in San Francisco we left and we set up shop here so the only thing I can kind of point out to you in regards to this movie that I appreciate the shit out of was so after her the director cast Samantha Robinson as the love witch. She gave her a list of classic, like, Hollywood movies that ha- she said had great... Like, femme fatale protagonist-type women? She said great sociopathic performances, especially by women. And then they she watched them, and then they got back together, and then they created a lot of the character together after that. Okay. I can see, uh... Well, yeah. It was a very pretty movie. She's a very beautiful woman. Um, she uses men to her own ends and then essentially what's walks not, away and what's and not to love kill themselves. That. And I think that's a thing that a lot of people in this day and age can get yeah. behind. I mean, who doesn't want to get behind that? Okay, next week we're watching The Witch. The, the Witch. Okay, The Witch. Okay. Well, You'll find out why it's two Vs next week. Until then... I'm Josh. And I'm Cindy. And I'm still his girlfriend. Yay!